Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today our episode is entitled Being Binary. But before we start off, uh, let's bring everybody up to speed that hasn't uh, listened to us before. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and we have absolutely been going to the wall for about, what, three or four weeks now, Greg? Yeah, really busy. Really good busy, but really busy. We are in a really good creative space. There's a whole bunch of creative things going on right now, and uh, it's good. It's good. It's a good buzz. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've both managers for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee, and we're going to discuss how we have observed others deal with these situations well, uh, our mentors, people that we have followed as examples, and we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion, and I think that's going to happen today. Yes, this is going to happen today. Now, I must admit that I did have to uh, uh, speak with my math uh, um, grad wife to uh, confirm uh, being binary, you know, just just help me really deepen my understanding of binary, uh, which is which is good. So I have a math expert at home and I'm fully, uh, fully now knowledgeable in this topic. No, I'm not so sure. <laughs> so let's set this up. During dealings with your manager, you experience some or all of the following. The discussion seems to be all or nothing. There often isn't room for working through something and using all the best bits to do a task or solve a problem. Often discussions or questions are forced into a yes or no moment, but the situation is more nuanced and needs a more thoughtful and open approach. Someone falls short and their future and character is identified in the failing. They are either good or bad, in or out. Someone isn't liked, and that's it. Their opinion or work doesn't matter. So, Greg, how do you think this affects our relationships and the work environment? So this is a big one, right? Because um, you know, I think we've shared in past uh, podcasts that the, a couple of the main reasons why people stay in organizations are is they're connected to the organization and see their impact. Um, and therefore, in these scenarios, you don't even have a voice in some cases. Uh, you, you, uh, you, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, boy, you know what? People observe a lot of stuff. So whether or not you're the in-group or the out-group, what you observe um, starts you think, make you think, when am I going to be either in it or out of it? Uh, um, so on both cases, lack of contribution and then, um, really paranoia of am I in, am I out? What could change in the future? Those are, are all the worst ingredients um, uh, for a workplace. I agree. And uh, quite often, if you're a new employee or maybe you have a new boss or you're in a new situation, you get those uh, cues, you get those ideas, you get the atmosphere within the first couple transactions with somebody, because that's what you're looking for. What is this person like? Are they open? Are they closed? Do they not care what I say or, or what I think about the situation? Have they already made up their mind? I think we get to that point pretty quickly in a new relationship or a new situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. And you know, the other thing is, I think that um, each of us has different 
styles, right? So I have shared with you that I, uh, I use a tool called the Enneagram, which is a, a great tool on how we show up, what's behind how we show up. And um, we have different styles and approaches that make some of us um, more likely to become more binary, especially when it's under stress, uh, that we get locked into things. And it could be locked into because we're really excited about something that we don't hear or because we really know what's right or wrong or it's because we we want to be successful. But all of these things get into our um, almost it's an ex extra boost of energy that can maybe drive us to more binary uh, kind of view, viewpoints. And, it, and it, it gets it gets really crunchy and under stress, it becomes even more exasperated. Yeah, and, and I, I, I don't think I have a unique approach to this, but uh, I come from a paramilitary background. So uh, I'm quite comfortable in times when there's a critical incident or something, you know, something's going on, it's an emergency, where it becomes very binary, where decisions are made very quickly to deal with the situation, to uh, minimize danger to the public and to the people involved. But in that scenario, um, in the paramilitary situation that I kind of worked at for so many years, we also had the uh, reverse, though, where when things weren't of that nature, where they weren't emergent, that there was this camaraderie where, you know, when you sat around the table with a bunch of people, even if you were in charge, it was expected that you would contribute to the conversation. And, and uh, you know, it was kind of hardcore, you know, we'd make fun of each other. It was a very good working environment. But I have no problem with, you know, there are situations where somebody has to make a decision where the situation is very fluid and things have to get done. Of course, in that situation, there's a lot of yes and no, you know, and you just have to do what you have to do. But, you know, in many other situations, that isn't the situation. And so uh, I really have enjoyed both. There are times, you know, we could probably do an episode when people don't make decisions when they should. And maybe that's maybe the next one. But uh, I'm fine with both circumstances. And there's certain times when both are appropriate. So, uh, yeah, you know, no, I, I, I can really relate to this topic. And I've been in probably both sides of the conversation. And I probably have some things that, you know, I need to say sorry for, but uh, for sure, this is, uh, this is something that really resonates with me. Well, I, I thought that's, I think that's a really, really good point. And, you know, in, in, I think other podcasts, and if not, I, uh, one of the things that I've often said is it's so important to define upfront what's tight and what's loose and what's tight are those things that, you know, it is a yes and no. This is the way we got to do it. Regulatory, whatever those might be, or emergency situations, that type of thing. And then loose is where you do have more space for dialogue. But, um, you know, often, depending upon the leadership style, everything's tight um, or everything's loose. And it can be very confusing for people. So actually defining those tight and loose up front is, is really super important. I think we've said this word in multiple podcasts so far, Greg, it's context. People mm -hmm. need to understand the context that they're operating in. And then that makes the situation, I think, much more, um, you know, it's in, you understand, you just get it. Right. So let's, uh, let's talk about a few common sense things as managers to help deal with this situation. And the first one, listen before jumping in with your opinion or a decision. Yeah, you know, um, it's hard, right? Especially if you have to be an expert in something. And if you happen to be confident in something, I was coaching someone today, actually, who is um, a three in the Enneagram and a three in the Enneagram is the is the competitive achiever. So this person is amazing leader, 
get stuff done, but is learning that yes, um, by driving a decision forward, by putting their opinion in first, they do move and can be very successful. But what they're learning is this power of pausing and asking a question first. Um, Because even if you go where you think you're going, in your idea that's in the head, if now you have six people who have also expressed that idea, they're so much more engaged and connected to going forward. Um, but boy, oh boy, it's tough when we're achievement oriented and we want to get stuff done to actually pause and listen. Yikes, it's, it's, sometimes, it's, it's a learned behavior, but it is a behavior that can be learned. Um, I've seen great leaders uh, really learn this one well, and, and their, their results are so much richer and so much more impactful because they've allowed space. I love that idea of pause because there could be somebody sitting in the room with a specific piece of information or a specific experience that they could relate that could be very impactful on what is being discussed. And if somebody comes in and it's like, this is what I want to do. This is how we're going to do it this is when we're going to do it. So chop, chop, let's go. And, and maybe there's somebody sitting there. Maybe it's that quiet person in the corner that just knows so much information. And like our, our organizations and companies are just filled with people that have all sorts of knowledge, experience, and abilities that we don't know about. And if you come in really hard, really quick, and you're like, it's yes or no, this is what we're doing. And I say, yes, and this is the way we're going to do it. You might be missing out in a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned it in the just in the earlier conversation that there may be situations where you got to come in to say, "Here's what we need," like crisis situations. But even in those situations, you can say, "Okay, here's what's happening. Here's what we got to do based upon our protocol." Blah blah blah. You can still say, "Is there anything I've missed?" You, you, there's still opportunities for listening, even in those moments where you have to be more direct and and directive. Um, listening is still there's still an opportunity. And you have to mean it when you say that. Yeah, no, no question. And kind of going on with that thought, be open to what other people are saying and be ready to be inspired. I've sat in on meetings thinking it's going to be in a certain direction. You know, there's some chatter back and forth and all of a sudden somebody comes and says something, you go, oh my goodness, tell me more about that. Like that's not on my radar and everybody else is shaking their head no too. Okay, you have the floor, talk Talk to us more about this that like we've never looked at at that angle before. Well, and you know, I uh, we we end all of our podcasts in the with a little bit of joy or a little bit of peeve, right? That churn. So I would add to that: yes, be ready to be inspired, but also be sensitive when you're churning and when you're a little peeved off, and you think that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Because usually, when your energy is swirling about um, non-inspiration, not not being inspired. There's some, there's a truth there that you need to learn. At least my experience over life is that when I'm most peeved off, um, it's because there's something I've got to hear or I've got to learn. There's a bias that needs to be blocked. So it's about tapping into that energy, that inspired energy and that peeved energy, um, being curious in those moments. And don't rush a decision if there's still some talking to be done or unresolved issues. At certain points, I think we have to invoke closure and end a conversation. But until you have to do that, if there's still some people with some things to say or, or questions, uh, you know, 
don't rush that, you know, finish off, make sure you have a, a full understanding of what people are thinking. And, and sometimes people just have to say something, they're going to go along with it, but maybe they have a reservation or, or they have an experience in the past, which is making them a little gun shy in what we're talking about, even allowing them just to say that, even though you're, you're kind of, we're going on a certain course, just giving people a moment to say what they need to say is going to bring them along with you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's some great processes that people can use in this. Uh, uh, there's something called fist to five, which is this great me uh, method that if you're having, making a decision that in your monkster group and you say, basically, okay, take your, take your hand and count one, two, three, and then show number of fingers. Uh, five is I'm totally on board. I'm going to go crazy singing the praise all the way down to one. I, I can't, or if the fist, I just can't support. And if you three and above, if everybody's three and above, we're going to go ahead uh, and going forward. So, but it's an, it's a simple way to actually ensure everything is out. The other thing I've used in the past is we don't want anybody to leave with anything in their pockets. So uh, in other words, if you got something to say, say it, because if we don't hear it, we're not going to, at some point you got to close it. But but you, it's getting that stuff on the table because those will allow much richer decisions. And maybe yes or no isn't the decision. I love yes and no. I love being binary, Greg. But you know maybe there are different aspects, multiple approaches that will make this a better way forward. So sometimes you know pausing and listening to other people, even though you might be the best person in the room at what they're talking about, you're the subject matter expert doesn't matter sometimes you just have to pause and listen to some other things because there might be uh, maybe you need to add something to the approach maybe something needs to be taken away but if you're just want to get that yes and no and out the door then you, you might be missing some really good ideas yeah you know i love that and i also uh, think that you know one of the things they used to always say is that people do want leaders to make decisions um, however there are three decisions there's yes there's no and here's why, and then there's not now, and here's why. Uh, so actually get, but if people have something to, cause there's nothing even worse than the opposite of binary is, is vanilla. I'm not sure what the opposite of binary is, but you know, when there's no, no decisions. So, but, but there, you're right. There's, there, there, there are, there's more than, than one, one answer here. And sometimes people fail. Honest, unintended mistakes or wrong decisions shouldn't follow somebody around forever and mark them, labeling them a good or bad person. Now, there are sometimes mistakes or conduct which end somebody's uh, employment tenure. But in a lot of other circumstances, people sometimes fail. Sometimes people make the wrong mistakes. Maybe sometimes people need training or somebody to walk beside them for a little while. But uh, sometimes we're very binary. Maybe we're the person that's the subject of it and we've made a mistake and it's like not a good person. And, and these things happen in workplaces and they follow people around in workplaces. Yeah. And, you know, we're full of biases. We know this. The, the, it's it's and it's not it, it is just because of it's like the the ruts in the road because we've been driving there a long time and so uh if you and i have a have a similar perspective on life similar set of values even similar some similar experiences where i'm going to see that in you and i'm going to i'm going to maybe be more connected to you 
If we're different, I'm going to be I'm going to be uh, um, less connected with you. And what's what's challenging is that because of those biases, those layers, those calluses, the the wounds that we have inside of us, even maybe based upon somebody else, I label you, and 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 it's and it's hard. So it is it is important to challenge yourself when you're thinking about that as a leader is to say, again, it's it's understanding your energy. If I'm peeved off at Alistair, ask myself why, you know, why, why do I think he's not a great performer? I was talking to someone yesterday and uh, they were talking about how um, someone we know just had a bad view of this person who's relatively new in the organization. And the person said, well, why do you say that? What, what's the, what are the facts? What's the evidence that's brought you to this decision? Tell me more what's behind this. And sometimes even asking that question allows them to uh, uncover that there really isn't anything there. It's just my biases that are existing, but uh, it's easy to fall into this. And sometimes we don't like, or perhaps don't get along with someone. Maybe that's us. But that doesn't mean their ideas or abilities don't have merit within our group, within our, our organization. And I, I think, you know, there's a bit of cancel culture going on out there for a bunch of different reasons. And, and there's some nasty situations out there. But I, I, I really think that sometimes uh, we're not getting the benefit of people because maybe we have an axe to grind with them or we're not happy with them. We don't like them. Maybe they're a totally different person than us. And we just don't click. Maybe it's just as benign as that. We just don't click with people, but it doesn't mean we, we should exclude somebody because they might have some really good ideas, really good abilities and can really contribute to what we're doing. Well, and you know, in almost every podcast that we've done around one of the underlying things that uh, managers need to do is to know your people. Um, and you know what happens when you get to know them a little bit more, you do find certain connections that you have, certain things. I mean, you might still be 90% different, but you're going to find 10% that's the same. And that changes your view and your perspective, because you're right, when you're blinded to somebody because of those differences, you miss out in maybe some experiences and gifts that you don't even know they have. Uh, and uh, it's it's such a, uh, a waste on an organization and for uh, in your relationships with others. So as employees, there's a couple of things we can do to assist as well. Keep the discussion open. Keep it away from yes and no answers until the decision ha- discussion has taken its course. Uh, things like uh, giving multiple possibilities is great to keep the conversation going, to draw out everybody's ideas. If we frame, if we go into a five-minute question, and in the end, it's yes or no, then that's what we're going to get. And that isn't going to facilitate more of a conversation. So I I think more open questions, multiple possibilities, will keep the conversation going and will draw out everything that needs to be drawn out. Yeah. And, you know, we always say that's the opposite of what are the same things that we've been talking about with the managers apply for you as an employee. So again, understand your energy and how you're reacting to what your boss says and be open, ask questions, uh, be courageous where you need to be courageous, all of those things. Um, but, but it's that holding that openness is so, so important. And socialize people to ideas. If uh, you have a novel approach to something or something that's different, that might be out of the norm that people would expect, start talking before the big discussion. Just start 
you know, leading people into, you know, here, I've got this article, I did this at a different place. I know, I don't think we've done this here, but this is what I found the benefits were. And rather than going to a high stress meeting and dropping something really novel on everybody, because nobody likes anything new, Mm -hmm. uh, it might be a good idea to start socializing people, you know, pass out some literature, have some pre-meeting meetings and just get people going on to think about it. So that isn't as much of a shock and people have been given uh, some time to actually think about it. Yeah. And, you know, I think this goes with the next really point is really knowing your audience uh, because certain people uh, will need information ahead of time too. So that social, some are going to need it more to socialize ahead of time. The other thing I would say is, is connect it to what people need and what people value or what the organization values because the more you connect with it, what's in it for me or what's in it for our organization or uh, all of those things, the likelihood of, of having a deeper dialogue around it at least and maybe even getting agreement is gonna be much higher. So I agree 100%, socializing it and then understanding what people need and how you socialize it. Some people work really well with a visual. Some people like a deep document with all the data some people just want the three points that I can really connect quickly to say, oh, I see why this is a good idea. Um, just think about that while you're doing your pre-socialization and you're, uh, you're um, uh, kind of selling uh, to help people connect to your idea. I like stories, Greg. I love it when somebody wants something from me or they want a decision. I want to hear a story. To me, that's helps me get into whatever they're talking about is if I hear a story like, you know, this is what we did at this other place. And this was the situation. They tell me this, this tale. I find that very helpful with my personality. Well, yeah, it's, it's, that's a great example. And then other people, you tell them a story, you think, Oh, give me a bloody break. Just give me the facts. So <laughs> knowing the people are really what is important. I'm more of a story guy too, but uh, um, uh, there are other people that, man, that's the worst thing you can do. So know, know who you're talking to. That's why we have a podcast, Greg, because we both like telling stories. <laughs> That's exactly it. And if uh, you know, you're the employee, do a good job and participate in a healthy way. Uh, I've been a manager, I've been an employee, and I love it when I'm working with people or people are working for me, where people just like to do the job and they do it in a healthy way. There's good conversations. Oh, Alistair, I made a mistake. Or Greg? Alistair made a mistake, you know, like these things happen. And I just love that environment. And it's when you go into the big stressful meetings, if you've developed this relationship, if you, uh, you know, the boss sees that you do a good job, that you participate in a healthy way, it, it just means you're going to have a, a, a really good seat at the table. Yeah. And, you know, what we've said for the idea of uh, entering with uh, positive intent uh, and uh, there is, if there was one thing I would encourage everybody to do, especially before you go into meetings or before you go into a broader meeting or just a one-on-one -on -one with your boss and that is really pause and say, what do I want? How do I want to show up in this meeting? What, what, what do I think uh, the people in this meeting need the most in order to believe in going forward? Having a little bit of, the, there's an amazing shift that happens when you pause before and think about and enter into with the right mindset and the right intention. I can't tell you how many times that just by doing that, it, uh, it changes the flow and the feel of the meeting. And, and you're going to have a mo more likely chance of, of being heard if you're entering in that space. I like that. I like that a lot. And if you are that person that isn't liked, or there were issues with the boss, 
keep your head down and work hard. And when you interact with the boss, be open, be clear. And sometimes the issue is more to them than just you. So I, I really think I've been the person I've been out occasionally in the, some of the places that I've worked and, you know, just keep my head down. You know, you know, some of the uh, more senior people around also just keep your head down, just work. Don't worry about it. Just keep your head down, go come in, you know, do everything, talk to people the way, you know, when it's appropriate and do everything. And, uh, you know, I, I took that advice and there's one situation in particular that it worked out really, really well. And uh, it was a misunderstanding and uh, uh, I just worked, I just worked really, really hard and uh, had a couple opportunities to deal with some, some big problems and uh, eventually, you know, came out from it. It all worked out. We're all friends again and uh, nobody had done anything wrong. It was just, we had different opinions on where I should be going and what I should be doing. And uh, it worked out, but it was, it was some of those more senior people around me went, Alistair, um, you're in the doghouse for some reason. Just keep your head down, work hard like you are, and it'll all work out. And it, it took nine months, but it, 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 that was really, really good advice. Yeah, and this is a hard one, right? Because, um, you know, it depends upon the uh, complexity of this and what they're doing uh, um, towards you. Um, and uh, so definitely I do uh, think that... Um, reacting in a in a hugely negative way and going down the dark side with them if they are going that to you is not a great way of doing it um it is the first step is to just if if you do your work well um that's that is a good place if it continues though and there is a clear bias or something that's going on then then i would i would um uh, um, also encourage people to bring something forward either directly to the boss and say, you know, here's what I'm feeling, you know, uh, here's what I want and going forward and or to others, because that's not always that easy, but get support and figure out how to do that. Because there are things where, you know, you get bosses that are just, um, you know, they have biases or whatever that is. Um, everything from ver the worst situations to even simple things. And sometimes they don't even realize it themselves. So having that conversation is a good one. But if it's a bigger, more serious thing, then you need to, you need to uh, find those that can support you and, and manage those things through. It is a difficult situation. And, and I think uh, people need to be very thoughtful if they're in that situation and, and sometimes take some good advice from people. I knew that what I was in was going to end and I wasn't being bullied or anything like that. It was just, uh, you know, I had fallen out of favor and uh, at the end I actually fell into favor and it was probably one of the best things in my career to have gone through that process. Mm -hmm. And it, it led to other things. And it, it also taught me a lot about leadership and, and also getting into their head about what their, what's important to them and what's mm -hmm. their concerns are. And so from, you know, I think we've all had difficult situations in our careers and you can go to that negative place. You kind of intimated at that earlier. And, and sometimes there is negative connotations, but it's also a really important learning time. When things are going well for you all the time and things just fall into your lap all the time, that's fantastic. But it's sometimes those negative situations that you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about other people. Sometimes you learn a lot about very specific people. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of learning points that you can take away into the rest of your life. And although there are certain seasons in my life that I don't want to go through again, I have learned a lot from those situations. And when I look back, I go, 
I didn't enjoy it at the time, but I'm thankful now that I went through those things and I've learned the things that I've learned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, I think we got the final thoughts. Do you have some final thoughts? Yeah, the, the final thought that I would say is our world is significant complex. Our work situations are more and more complex and they're getting even more complex. Uh, you have multiple generations, multiple cultures, multiple life stages that are all swirling in at once. Um, and you can't be binary as, <laughs> anymore. The old days of I call it and that's it is, is done. Um, uh, however, I would say at the beginning, be clear, what's tight? What are the things that I'm gonna make the calls on? Yes or no, when do we need to do that? And what's loose? And then create the space for people to be, uh, be able to contribute. Remain open, um, ask questions, uh, and when you need to, then bring it to a close. But, but again, it's, it's, almost, uh, it's almost just understanding that up front. And then underlying all this is know your people, know each other, because that will help you to be able to manage and respond in each of those situations. But it's complex now. So um, binary um, works well in programming uh, your technology, but it, it doesn't work really well with uh with uh people it doesn't mean you can't you don't need to make decisions because you do need to make decisions but um uh you know give that space before you do it you and i've been discussing this episode on and off for a couple of weeks and we weren't sure if we we're going to do it because uh it's kind of a different type of topic for us although i think it's fit really well into the into the podcast now that we're almost done recording it but to me uh I broke, when I was preparing for this, I broke binary into kind of three areas. One in our ideas where we're yes or no, or we, we just have our idea and there is no other idea. It's also in the discussion with other people. Are we being binary? Are we coming in? No, we're going to make a decision. This is the, the decision we're going to go. I'm not going to listen to anybody else. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, and it, you know, it's being amplified now in, in COVID, right? Because we're at home working remotely and we, we don't have as many of those physical clues, those relationship clues, cues. I mean, when we're when we're having conversation, because it might just be over the phone, it might be on on Zoom or whatever platform you're using, and we don't have all the same tells when we're talking to people. We don't have quite the same relationship because we're apart. So I, I think you know, discussion is the second one, and and the third one is people. Um, you know, maybe we don't connect with somebody. Maybe somebody uh, made a mistake. Uh, maybe somebody's just difficult to deal with. And, and so for me, when I'm uh, looking at myself going, those are kind of the three areas that I think about binary, you know, are my ideas, am I being too binary about these things? In discussing things with people, am I being open, listening to what other people have to say? And yet, you know, people expect you to make a decision. So at the time, you know, when the time comes, you make the decision with the best information you have. And then there's people, there's some people you might not like to work with. Um, maybe they just irritate you or you have nothing in common or it's awkward when you're with them. And so I, I think those are the three areas that I, I look at myself in terms of being binary. And, uh, you know, when we were talking about this episode, you know, do we break it up? Do we go, you know, 
separate the people side of it, whatever. And I really do think the concept can be talked in one session like we have today. And I, I think I would just ask people to, to kind of look at themselves in those three areas and, you know, how am I doing there? Do I need to do a little bit better, especially in these times right now where we're, we're working remote and it, it's, you just cannot communicate quite the same way as when you're in the same office together in the same building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So true. So, um, we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope we didn't say anything that you found offensive or made you angry, but I think, Greg, your philosophy, I think we need to hear that today. Yeah, yeah. So I, we mentioned this a little bit earlier that um, uh, that we end each of our podcasts with this whole, this idea of happy or peeved. And it comes from uh, a coach, uh, my original coach, and I still use it today, is that in my coaching sessions that were the best coaching sessions were ones that I left with a little bit of joy and a little bit of churn. And, uh, and that comes from, uh, the joy comes from hearing something that, that I know that I'm making traction on, that I'm, that I'm, I'm doing well and moving forward. Uh, and the churn is something that might have made me feel uncomfortable. And as we spoke earlier, it might be a difference of opinion, but normally those are as powerful as the joy moments of helping us discover pathways forward or insights that we need to just sit on a little bit and think about uh, to help us grow and be our fuller person and a fuller leader. So we hope that today that uh, as with all of our episodes that you left with a little bit of joy and maybe a little bit of churn. That's awesome. Now, uh, Greg and I are very appreciative of all our listeners all over the world. And uh, we've called out a couple cities so far, Columbus, Ohio, and Brussels, Belgium. And I think it's time, Greg, that we say thank you to all the folks in Brantford, Ontario. Wow, Brantford, hometown. Woohoo, big call out. They're very appreciative of what we do. They, you know, they are always listening to us. And uh, I know you might have a few relatives there. They're probably helping the numbers out. But I think we are very appreciative to the folks in Brantford. Thank you very much for listening to us. Awesome. That is, uh, that is great. So, folks, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, and remember, uh, take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.